Okay. All right. We did it. We did it. We did it. We fucking did it. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. It is a miracle that we can talk like this every week. Dude, it's such a miracle, but nobody is going it's such a miracle. Like as soon as it happens, it's like, oh, we're in the future. And then five minutes later, everybody's like, what else can we complain about? Yeah. It's like, as soon as the miracle happens, we're like, oh, this miracle kind of sucks. Cause it didn't do this one miracle part of the miracle. Yeah. Oh, I'm still, oh, you mean this thing outside of myself didn't, didn't save me from, from all my problems. Oh, shocker. Oh, the problem! Oh, the problem is me. Oh, I'm the problem. No, I'm not the problem. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. The problem is I haven't getting enough stuff. I'm going to say the word "getting" a lot. I haven't getting all the stuff I need to be happy over at Target. But if I can just get the right combination of goods and services, I should be happy. You know what, though. The putting the Uh-oh. product, dude. Hold on, hold on, dude. I feel like you're about to lay some information on me, and I need to get ready. I am about hold to. On. I got my pipe. I'm ready to go. Lay it on. Here's me. the deal. It's really cool and fashionable to point to the point out the the true fact, the existential fact that none of those things will make you happy. Right? That's like that passes for wisdom these days. Right? You know, it won't uh, make you yeah. happy. Right? But here's the thing. Right. It kind of does make you happier. It just doesn't last. It it it's mm. you know, it's a drug. That's all. But I do think that uh not enough is talked about about why we use the drug because it fucking works for a minute. Well, here's the problem. I mean, I can I can break it down for you cuz I've done the math on it. Let's hear the math. Uh let me get my let me get my abacus. There it okay. is. I'm going to use my Texas Instruments graphing calculator, but you use that abacus. So here's the problem with all of it. Now, the difference, what you're, what you're referring to is you're referring to pleasure. There's a difference between pleasure and happiness. Buying something will give you some momentary pleasure. The problem with pleasure is that every time you give yourself some kind of pleasure, ice cream bite, uh, a fresh, strange dick, uh, a mm, yummy. new relationship, holding holding somebody's hand for the first time, whatever it is, this exciting thing that happens in your life that brings, that sparks joy, pleasure, ecstasy, whatever it is, that's not happiness. That's pleasure. And it's this momentary spike and it releases endorphins and you're like, mm, I want that. And so then every second that you're not getting that there's this opposite effect that happens where you're just like disappointed that you're not getting that little, that little spike. So what true happiness is, is just being okay with whatever you're getting, the spike or the little part that's not the spike, the disappointment of not getting the pleasure. It's being in the now and being cool with the now. But the only way to do that, the only way to do that is to love. And when I say love, I'm not talking about condoning. I'm not talking about like looking at some dumbass who's having a hard time crossing the street because he can't fucking get it together enough to get across the street and going, hmm, 
I really love that guy because of who he is. No, it's not because of who he is. It's because he is, and I am, and I have this opportunity now to love this motherfucker who can't seem to get across the street. I get to love him, and I'm going to do that. And when you're doing that, dude, everything's good. Everything's good. I refuse to love anyone who can't cross the street. That's... <laughs> It's but a baseline requisite for me. You have to but be able to cross know, the street. I know, I know what you're saying. I agree. I'm I'm not saying love him because he can't cross the street or because he can't cross the street. That's conditional love. I'm saying love him not because of his street crossing abilities or not his street crossing, but just because he is. And I I know you do this, or maybe you don't, but I do it with my kids. I go, I love you. But not because of anything you're doing. I just love you because I get it. I have this wonderful opportunity to love you. Because when I grew up, my parents were like, you're a piece of shit. Unless I was doing something like making music or art, then they would go, oh, I love you so much because you're such a great artist. And now, my entire life, all I've been trying to do is make art and music to be loved. But guess what? doesn't work. And being loved means nothing. You can be loved and adored, and you're still going to put the shotgun in your mouth and pull the trigger. R.I.P. Kurt Cobain. R.I.P. Ernest Hemingway. R.I.P. all the motherfuckers who got it all and then said bye-bye. Anthony Bourdain. Bye-bye. Robert Robert Williams, also sometimes referred to as Robin Williams. Yeah. He went bye-bye, huh? They all uh, went Chris, bye Corn- bye. Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, dude. And then they're like, oh, it was meds. They were off their meds. No. I mean, they were. By the way, they were off their meds. And that's fucked up that they were off. The- that's like a real thing. But we are living in a culture, in a society that tells us, A, we should be happy. And by happy means smiling, ecstatic, filled with pleasure. All the time. And if we're not, we're doing something wrong. And the only way to achieve that is to consume, to to buy whatever that person is selling. And all I'm saying is what Jesus said, which was, because I don't speak the language that he spoke. So I'm not going to quote Jesus because he didn't speak no English. I have just spoken and I'm correct. And if you don't like it, why? Well, here's a few here are a few thoughts about all that. Number and number one, you came ready to rock today, and I like that. You came ready to fucking preach today, and I like it. Number two, I'm so glad people get to hear all this from you because it's a you know I don't agree with all of it, but it is a it's a wonderful perspective. And how lucky are we that people listen to us every week and they can hear that someone's driving in their car, they heard your thing just now, your Tony Robbins thing, and they feel better and they're going to try it. Well, I didn't hear it from Tony Robbins, and I didn't make it up. I heard it from I've heard it from this dude who was a monk. He happened to be a Buddhist monk, but it doesn't matter. I'm sure you can talk to any monk and they'll tell you the same thing, which is like, "Hey dude, slow your roll with this trying to find happiness outside of yourself. Get still, look inside." But monks are always trying to either get you in a real or proverbial fucking cave. They're always caving you out. They're always like, "Forget it, man. Don't go to Amazon." And I'm like, "Well, you can go to Amazon. The cave hey. is the cave is still a product, and the cave is still a construct for happiness. Dude, I'm not saying don't eat candy bars, 
But just don't be shocked when at the end of the day, you weigh 500 pounds. You're like, mm, how did I get here? It's because you're eating candy bars all day trying to chase some candy bar high. It's fine to eat a candy bar. But if you're looking for happiness in a candy bar, you're going to be weighing 300 pounds before too long. No, no, no. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I mean, that. I think you and I completely agree at the bottom of all this. What I'm saying is there is a whole space of people who know that it isn't going to make them happy and aren't going to wake up one day and be really rueful and resentful that, wait, what do you mean the candy bar is not asparagus? I'm talking about the people that are like, I just don't know what the options are. The options are the cave, disconnection, immaterialism, sell your possessions, uh, love strangers, forgive everyone who hurt you. Uh, those are the, that's that's the alternative. Unless you're going to go right. in the God hold, world. Hold on, hold on now. You've thrown you've thrown a bunch of ideas all together and said these are all the same thing. And no, not. I didn't. No, I didn't. You're saying these these are the options. Do all these things. Yeah, you there are, there are several options, and those are those are some of them. Right. Well, the the only option that I know of that works as far as being having serenity. For me, when I think of happiness, I don't think of joy. I think of serenity, peace of mind. And for for me, peace of mind is to understand that the way life works is you have to have good and bad. You have to have highs and lows. You can't have one without the other. You got to have the salty and the sweet. Okay. Salty and the sweet. What's wrong with that analogy? That's exactly what you're saying. Light and the dark. Well, they're, they're... they're different. They're they're. I would say salty and not salty, or sweet and not sweet. Well, g- those two things are generally contrasted as savory and sweet. That's a yeah. But salty and sweet are both two things that I would put on the uh, on the like. If give me something salty, I'm in. Give me something sweet, I'm in. Give me something not sweet, I'm like hmm, I don't know about this. Give me something not salty, I'm like eh, I don't know. Right. So you're saying salty and bland, or sweet and bland. Right. You're saying you need bland to appreciate the flavor. Exactly. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. And this idea, again, the idea of loving people that you despise is a gift that you're giving yourself because the the problem with hating people that you despise is it doesn't affect the person that you despise. It only affects you and your well-being. The thing, the gift that you give yourself when you see somebody you despise, is to love that person. Not condone their behavior, not say what they're doing is okay, but to be good to yourself, to love yourself by loving this person that you despise. That's the gift you're giving yourself. You don't have to give up your goods. You don't have to give up your house to do that. And and all of it is just about being aware of what you're doing, being aware of what you're doing. I love to shop. I like to go on Amazon, but I know when I'm going on Amazon what I'm doing. I'm looking to f- plug up some hole that I have. In, in put, put, you're, put, you're wanting to put some ointment on the boo-boo, the cosmic boo-boo. Yeah. Yeah. It's this kind of joyful feeling I get where I was like, oh, this might be the thing that actually takes away this anxiety or this worry. But nothing will ever take away that anxiety or worry. And the only thing, again, at the end of the day, it's to love that guy who poisons your rice, you know, like the Buddha did, which is hard to do. It's hard to hard to love the guy who poisoned your rice. Or 
imagine loving the guy who poisoned your kid's rice. Yeah, right. And that's that's the counterpoint. That that's <laughs> here's me bringing the salt to this whole love thing. I, I, I not only do I think you can't do that, I don't think you should. I don't think it's moral to love people who try to kill you or your family. I think that's actually immoral. If at- if somebody no, if somebody kills my family, I'm going to kill them. That's mm-hmm. my job is to kill mm-hmm. them now. Right. But at the at the same time that I'm killing them and killing them slowly and painfully. Mm-hmm. But at the same time that I'm doing that, I'm going to give myself the gift of lo- of loving them while mm-hmm. I kill them <laughs> slowly and and while I'm crying and then kill of course kill myself afterwards. <laughs> like I'm killing them, loving them, killing them, but by loving myself I'm also going to kill. Well, that's them. the thing we've always said if something happens to our kids, it's like, well, it's a murder suicide sitch coming right up. I know, but it's weird, quick. man. I I really have I have thought about a lot of this stuff because there's that thing. Would you suck somebody's dick for a million dollars? And I've uh-huh. always been like, yeah, give me a million dollars, I'll suck a dick. But dude, I'm telling you, put a million dollars on the table. Right next to that million dollars, zip. You'd be like, you'd be looking at the million dollars in that dick going, I don't think I, that's not enough money. I'm telling you, dude, I've always said I would do it. I don't think I'm doing it. The only thing I'm sucking a dick for is, again, to save my kids. If I got to save my kids, if I got to suck a dick to save my kids, I'm sucking a dick. But for money, uh uh-uh. And now that's the other thing. You get put in a position where, your kid, something happens to your kid. I, cause I, man, I've met a few people. I've met a few people in my life who have lost their children. And I'm like, how do you, how do you go on? And I think, I mean, I really do. I, I've always thought, well, if something happens to my kids, I'm out. I'm, how could I even be alive another moment? But I think it's like that um, Manchester by the Sea. Have you seen that movie? Oh, my God. Yeah. I saw it in the theater. I mean, he tries to kill himself. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. After his children die, he tries to kill himself, and he doesn't. And he kind of loses that killing yourself energy and just kind of seeps into just being broken and never happy for the rest of his life. And there's that great scene when he's talking to his nephew, I guess, and he he's just like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm not fixable. Mm-hmm. This is this is it for me." And I'm like, "Yeah." So it's like, do you are you okay with being not fixable and broken and living more? Well, I've had I've had some years of practice with that with that feeling. So yeah, uh, I think so. But here's the deal. Here's what I'm not doing. I'm not waking up and writing country songs. Life as I know it now will not exist. I will move to a cave. I'll, I'll do something insane. I mean, you'll never see me again. Now, will I kill myself? I don't know. But you'll never. I mean, <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm not doing the IOK podcasts. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Dude, doing that. I tell you that. Here's, here's what I'm doing. No episode that Monday. Here's my first stop, dude. I haven't had a drink in 25 years. My first stop, specs. <laughs> My first stop is Specs. Yeah. You'll next time you see me, I will have a drink in hand. Next time you see me, I'll I'll have 
I'll look like Post Malone. I'll have 800 <laughs> tattoos on my face. I'll be a drinking hand. My next stop after Specs is the gun store. <laughs> the my gun next store. stop after that, the bullet store is is the East Side. Looking for what you got? Looking for Heroin, trouble? Morphine, crack, whatever it is. Because that's the road we're going down. We're going down a rough road. We're getting off road. You got to imagine the people who try heroin for the first time. Okay. Not junkies, not people who are just, you know, they need it. Right. There's the guy, all those guys for the first time tried it. They knew they were playing with some crazy dragon fire. And yet they were like, I'm still going to do the heroin. You imagine that? I almost tried it one night. I was, I was hanging out. I was hanging out with a buddy of mine. And we were drunk, dude. And he was like, I know a place where you can go for 50 bucks. They'll, they'll get, they have a clean needles and they'll shoot us up with heroin. And I'm like, (laughs) I didn't have 50 bucks at the time, but if I'd had 50 bucks, I might've done it. That's how drunk I was. But also part of me always knew, man, you're this way with beer. Imagine what you would be like with heroin. I just, I was just like, I, yeah, I'll never, right, be able to, never be able to handle well, it. Well, even, even at my most experimental, when I was really up for like, you know, you go through those things where you're like, I really want to f- taste what life has. You know, right. that's how some drug experimentation happens, and I've done that with hallucinogens and you know maybe some other slightly harder drugs. But the heroin thing, we know too much. Like with drinking, unless you are an alcoholic, which you and I know many people like that. And you came to a point where you just couldn't drink anymore. But there are a whole subset of people who can just drink casually and they're fine. That doesn't right. exist for heroin. There's right. no one who casually does heroin. It, you either do it and get clean or you do it and it destroys your life and kills you. Well, you know, most people now who are doing heroin didn't start by doing heroin. They they were in an, they, they had an accident. Right. Painkillers. Right. They And they got hooked on Oxycontin or these these opioid pain medications. And then the prescription ran out and their doctor wouldn't re-prescribe it. So they were like, well, what can I get? And like the cheapest, best alternative was heroin. And that's how, right. that's why we have all these people hooked on heroin. Now they didn't, they didn't start out going, Oh, I'm going to be a heroin junkie. Well, and not, yeah. And not, and that's like actually just a huge thing happening in America right now. That's not really getting talked about much, but, and, and yeah, I feel for all that. That's a big, huge, the opioid issue is huge. I guess I'm thinking more about like the decadence of rock star. I just read a Mick Wall book, this famous music journalist, and he spent a lot of time doing drugs with these people while he was working for Kerrang or whatever he was doing. And it's those people where it's like someone, someone handed Slash, a, a, you know, a needle. And was like, hey, you're a rock star. This is what you're supposed to do. The dude had everything going for him. Why do those people do intravenous heroin use? It's just staggering to me. It's just the outcome is known. It's a known quantity of outcome. And they're like, well, okay. Well, because it's there. And and it's an acceptable thing to do in that culture. And so you try it and you're like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. And it takes away all of the worry and anxiety that you have in your life. And it makes it go bye-bye. Right. And when that happens, you're like, I want more of that. And dude, you know, when you have them, I mean, how, how old are you when that happens? You're not like, right. 
you're in your you're early not 20s. like a full grown man right. or you're in your teens. You're not, you don't have the ability to like reason with it. And I'm telling you, dude, you don't have the reason. You can't reason with feelings. I, dude, I get feelings. I can't reason my way out of feelings. The only thing I can do when I have feelings is just go, okay, I'm having a feeling this fucking sucks or it's great or whatever it is. And just know that it's going to change at some point. Yeah. The problem with feelings, most people have, when you have a feeling, it just doesn't, the problem with bad feelings is they seem like you're always going to feel this way. Same when you're happy. You just feel like, oh, I'm always going to be happy. But you have to be aware. And at some point you kind of go, well, I felt happy before. I know this is going to change. And it kind of sucks because you can't really super get lost in happiness. But it also means you can't super get lost in 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 the darkness either, in the sorrow and despondency. You just got to wait for it to pass. I, ha- I had it last night. I, I have a group of dudes that were in like a text chain and they were all doing their normal, funny, snarky, witty shit. And I was like... I was like, I got to be honest with you dudes, man. I'm having a really hard time right now. And it kind of freaked them out. They were all like checking in. And it was hard to explain because it was like, everything's fine. I didn't mean to put out a, you know, a noose-shaped bat signal. But yeah, I mean, it it was rough because I wasn't going to bed anytime soon. And that feeling was just here. The cloud was here. And yeah, I was like, well. And when you're in that cloud, you don't want to watch anything. You don't want to do anything. It's It's a cloud. It sucks. But yeah, you have to just, I had to just wait it out. I had to wait until I got tired. It was weird. But less scary than when you have those feelings. It's like getting a panic attack before you know what it is. Dude, when you don't know what a panic attack is, you think you're going to die. You think, because that's what it feels like. Even when you know what it is. You still, still yeah, you still feel like you're going to die. Yeah. I remember remember reading in Slash's book, he's talking about how that first album didn't really break for a while our memory of it's kind of fuzzy but it actually took a long time for that first the appetite for destruction to break so they were just touring their little dicks off 18 months on the road and i guess the album broke while they were sort of on the tail end so when they came home they were rich you know what i mean it was one of those deals they don't know what kind of, they're probably getting a per diem every day and then they come home and their business manager's like by the way you guys are millionaires okay that's what that was what was possible in the 80s and so Slash says it like his business manager bought him this huge mansion in the fucking Hollywood Hills. And he said that when he got off that tour, he was addicted to heroin. And that he came home into like a furnitureless house. And I guess they had like eight months off. And so some of the dudes got married and they bought cars and they bought their parents, all that stuff. No one saw him for like eight months. And all he did was close all the curtains and and get his heroin dealer on speed dial. And all he did was heroin for eight months in the dark. And he was like, it's just literally all I cared about. I did not care about our album. I didn't care about the band. I didn't care about songies. I didn't care about my family. All I cared about was doing heroin. And that story in itself is enough to keep me from doing it. Dude, that's that's the story of, that's, that's, ah, it's a tale as old as time. A tale old as time. Speaking of tales old as time, let's dip in on the IOK mailbag here. First of all, I want to say thank you to Edgar Baradas, a good friend of mine who became a patron at the $20 level. Thank you, Edgar. Dude, you know what that is? You know what Edgar is? He's a straight up fucking baller. Dude. He's a gangster. Come on. Dude, oh, that canceled. dude is, here's what that dude's saying. Here's what he's saying to the ladies or the fellas, if he's in the fellas. He's saying this. I've got some disposable income. <laughs> 
You know what that means? It makes your dick bigger and girthier. When you have that kind of disposable income that you can get on the $20 IOK Patreon, you're basically saying, I don't care what size my dick is. It's girthy and it's delicious. And guess, and guess what? No one's playing any games here because what chick or dude doesn't want that? That's yeah. That don't tell don't tell me size doesn't matter. Let's not play any games. Well, size dude, does matter, but guess what'll make your dick bigger without without implants? Money. Dude, the size of your Patreon subscription matters. If you if you want all everybody in the world to marvel at your dick. Get on that twenty dollar prescri- subscription. Prescription? Hey, it is a prescription. This is some <laughs> it's medicine, the prescri- baby. <laughs> Dude, call me Doctor Love. That's the prescription <laughs> for getting everything you want in life. Hey, speaking of the Patreon, so we finally—I mean, we've been sort of waiting to see what's going on in COVID world, which we're not going to break rule number one and go down this road. But it turns out that that's not really changing anytime soon. So we went ahead and we have gotten the postcards made. So, you know, our patrons are going to be getting these luxurious, beautiful, IOK, personally signed postcards here real soon. You can support us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash IOK, just the letters IOK, if you want to get some of these postcards. Dude, here's here's what those postcards are going to be. They're going to be worthless to, to our Patreon members, but their grandchildren are going to inherit these postcards. Could you imagine? It'll be the currency of the future. Dude. Can you imagine right now if you had a signed, funny-looking postcard of Hitler and his friend Goebbels when they were before they became Nazis? Mm, where's that digging a hole music? Where's that digging a hole theme? <laughs> go right, on. Maybe not. Maybe no, not. Go on. Great choice right. of two guys. You, you, right. you, you, your, your job was to pick two peas in a pod. <laughs> And that's where you went in all of fucking history. I was just trying to, I was just trying to think of like somebody whose who's, uh, signature is worth a lot of money. Let's just say you had a postcard that had Picasso's signature on it. Him and his friend Matisse hanging out <laughs> in, in luxurious Oh, 70s classic where, Picasso and Matisse. And it's signed by both of them. Wow, even Matisse you. signed it. Now, dude- Guess how much that's worth? It's worth more than your whole house. So that's what you're getting. If you're a subscriber, you're about to get a signature from Picasso and Matisse. Wow. But uh, in the future, <laughs> unfortunately, you got to wait 80 years to cash that check. But knowing that you have it, it's a little, well, you know what it is? It's a little thing called peace of mind. That's what it is. We started out the show talking about peace of mind. We're ending the show talking about peace of mind. We're hemming in the show with peace of mind. Dude, we should just call this show P-O-M. <laughs> we should call the show <laughs> Daddy 1 and Daddy 2 are solving all the baby's problems. That's what we should call it. We this should just call we it should, We should just call it Daddy. Should we just call this show Thanks Daddies? <laughs> <laughs> Those are my thanks, daddies. I mean, do you want to know what the answer is? Do you want to know my honest answer to that question? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we should call it thank you, daddies. Because guess what? Daddy's here. You're you're a little baby. You got a problem. Rate and review the show. But when you leave a review, call us your thanks, daddies. Just put the review. If you've already written a review, write another one. 
and just go, hey, I just want to, I just want to give a shout out to my thanks daddies for all their sweet I O K P O D C. We'll be your thanks daddies. We'll be your spank daddies. We'll be your Tom no, Hanks hey, daddies. No, hey, hold up, hold up. We're not going to be any spank daddies. Well, I'll be we're my only, own. Spank we're going to be thanks daddies. And that's where the period goes at the end of that part of the sentence. <laughs> and then everything after that is like, you're on your own. If you want to find a spank daddy, get that $20 subscription. You'll have a whole line at your door. Yeah, Edgar, you can just hit up Edgar, Edgar. on the old Patreon community. <laughs> Edgar's like, I don't need no spanks, daddy. I'm all set. Thank you very much. Man, I was doing some TV about a year ago, and I wore spanks on TV. Yeah, of course. Of course you I have did. to sometimes. Dude, if I had Spanx, I'd wear them. I don't have them. I'd wear them. Dude, I I'm going to get you something nice. Give- you know what? I'm going to get you something nice, Bob. <laughs> the Christmas present just Dude, presented you, itself. Here's the problem. Dude, here's the problem with Spanx. <laughs> I, if you ordered the wrong size Spanx, you might as well... <laughs> Call a doctor at the same time as you because, dude, it's like trying to fit yourself into a gun barrel. It ain't going to happen. Gun barrel. You, you got to get the right. You got to get the right. That's the other part about Spanx, dude, I think, is you got to, you, you know, you got to be real specific. You can't be like, you know, like a T-shirt. You go, ah, I'll get a medium. You can, dude, I could squeeze into a medium. It's not going to look good. But the Spanx, dude, you can't squeeze into shit if it's not the right size. I have a uh, I have a fairly lurid tale about fitting into a shirt that didn't fit, but I'll save that for the Secret Weekly because we got to go. We've we burned do down this 30 minutes, and, uh, you know, it's time. There comes a time, yeah, and that time is now. And so uh, you can uh, leave a positive review on iTunes, talk about thanks, daddies. You can support us on Patreon like Edgar did. You can show us what that big dick energy looks like, even if you're a lady. <laughs> I just hear the kids say big dick energy. I don't even know what it means. Dude, I, I like it. I just know I it have make, it. It makes sense. I don't know what it means, but it makes sense. <laughs> and of course, you can share us uh, on your socials. You can tell your buddy about the IOK flavor. We've got a couple of other podcasts. You know what those are. Go check them out. We'll see you on the flippity flop. Bye. Bye. <laughs>